0: Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast of board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. Hey, and this is Anthony. And this is episode 425, BGG Hotness, for May 2023. We'd like to thank our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode. Hello, friends. Welcome back to a great new episode of Board Gamers Anonymous, talking about, of course, the latest and greatest in board gaming, For this episode, we'll be talking about the BGG hotness, the greatest, hottest games that are happening out there, so you get to know what to talk about and what to pick up, and just generally, because we like to talk about board games, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's fun. We do this every month or two. We didn't do it in April, but we're going to look at all the hot games, uh, tell you why they're hot, or more accurately, I will attempt to guess why they're hot, because sometimes I'm wrong, and y'all tell me what I'm wrong. (laughs) Well, to be fair, April wasn't that hot. That's true, that's true yeah. It was a weird cold month so. Yes,
0: May is very hot So there's a lot of hot games here So uh, you get to join Anthony As he tries to decipher the complexity That is the hotness That's happening on BGG And hopefully that guides you for making really good purchases And not making really odd purchases Or bad purchases Because something became a meme So therefore everyone needed to look at it
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs>
0: So, we have a lot of that fun coming up for you. So, definitely stick with us before we get into all of that kind of fun stuff. Anthony, you know you're doing something else than uh, hitting the cardboard these days. What's happening?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not alone. Uh, I think I, I know I'm not alone. Even in my own house, I'm not alone here. Um, the The new Zelda game came out this last week, as I'm sure most of you know. What? Uh, Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> but I guess Chris doesn't know; he doesn't have a Switch. Um, <laughs> he does not turn your headphones <laughs> off man it's fine i'll just talk for a minute <laughs> um but yeah no i'm a lifelong zelda fan like i've always uh I, I got in with ocarina of time when i was in middle school and i've been playing ever since and so breath of the wild was my favorite game in like 20 years and so tears of the kingdom i was very 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 excited about as was my son it was the first video game he got into big time at all um was breath of the wild. So we, we've been playing this game about as much as I have time to do anything. So I have not really played any board games this week, um, other than kind of going back through an old classic in a new shell, which I'll get to in the review later. Um, But yeah, it's, I don't know, like if you love exploration games, if you love solving puzzles, which I imagine most of you do, if you're listening to this, then <laughs> the, the modern iteration of Zelda uh, is just absolutely incredible. It's such a good time.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Is it how, how like what version are we taking a look at here as far as Link is concerned? Is it more mature? Is it kiddier? Like where where is it? Where's in that spectrum?
1: Yeah, no. So the. Yeah, this universe is definitely adult Link. And this one in particular is like adult beat up Link. Like his nope. arm is all messed up and his hair is long and raggedy. Like he's he's definitely been through some stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But it's cool. Like they, they give you all these new powers. You can build stuff. And it's honestly, it's like this big sandbox. You can build whatever you can think. Like if you go to YouTube now, and I've really tried to, to avoid it. But I've seen a couple that my son has showed me. People are building like mech suits and airplane wow. bombers in this game. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, with all these different things and these devices that you can activate. Um, you can also fuse stuff to your weapons. So like one of my favorites is I have like uh, this mushroom that I've fused to the sticks that I pick up. And if you hit an enemy with it, they bounce backwards. No, oh, nice. You just smack them and they fly across the map and then you take out the other enemies. And then that guy maybe comes back or maybe he fell off a cliff. Who knows? <laughs> so um but it's stuff like that it's just a giant sandbox it's like it's like what i wanted minecraft to be but i was bored by where this is actually fun and i don't know what the difference is i'll have to ask my son who plays both but i'm really having a lot of fun with it in a way that i don't think i have with like a sandboxy type of game since i was a kid
0: yeah that's that's what it sounded like it sounded like a like they they were like you know what else is popular minecraft let's 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 have link to minecraft
1: yeah, yeah, I know. They're like, oh, people like to just make their own stuff and play around and break games. Like, yeah, so let's just do that. <laughs> but let's do it better than anybody's ever done it before. Sure. Also, and then no one else will be able to copy us. So that'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, It's got this thing where you can rewind time. Oh, nice. But it works on almost anything that moves. So I don't even know how this works technically. Like you play it and you're like, every now and then you play a game, and you're like, how did they do that? And it's just every time I'm like, Something flies across the map, and I'm like, I catch it and rewind it. I'm like, How does that even work? Where does it melt this thing into a hunk of plastic? Mm. But it works. It's fun. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I've seen the reviews. They're they're pretty high up there.
1: So oh this, yeah, yeah. People are is, all about
0: it. This is absolutely a buy. Then would you say? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> but two actually, so that we can play it the wow. same time. So yeah,
0: that's incredible.
1: Never done that before, but like I know he was going to want to play it a lot, and this is like. Every three to four years, there's a game that I want to play a lot. This is the one. So I'm like, okay, I'll make sure we each have our own copy, and then we don't have to fight over the card. Because he would lose, uh, and <laughs> then he would cry, and then I would lose. <laughs> so. There you go. Ah, uh. <laughs> Fighting well, with your kids over games. It's fun, y'all. There you go. So, no, I'm, I'm
0: glad you're enjoying that. That's great. I mean, hopefully one day they actually get a, I don't know, a decent game into cardboard, but...
1: I there's so many ways they could do it. I just don't think they're interested. But mm. it would be cool. It's true. We'll
0: probably see a movie before we see a board game, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it's good. I had fun with the Mario movie, but I wouldn't necessarily argue that it's a good movie. <laughs> like, it's a fun movie, especially for people of our age who grew up with it. Yeah. But is it good objectively? I
0: don't know. Yeah, I want the voices, man. Just, just yeah. saying. But Guardians of the Galaxy was three was three was great. So I was really happy to see that. So that's a buy for me. If you have not seen Guardians of the Galaxy Three, you should, because it's probably the best Marvel movie in like kind of forever, at least as far yes. back as like Endgame is concerned.
1: Yeah, since so Infinity War, probably.
0: Yeah. So I would
1: argue. Um don't take your kids though.
0: No. No, no, no. This is this is uh more adult kind of content as far as that's concerned. Yeah. But they it's handled very well. And it's, it's, it's very well done. It's, you could, you could tell like a lot of like heart and effort and intelligence was put into it. It's not, it's not slapsticky. It's not just CGI for CGI sake. It it was none of that. It was, it was not
1: Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> keep kicking Ant-Man. Well, you know. No, I mean, it's a bad movie. That's, yeah. that's fine. I'll kick it all day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyhow. Well, I mean, there's some great stuff to do out there, but l- let's be honest we got to talk about cardboard because cardboard is also great too. So, uh, Anthony, you have a new Patreon episode coming up talking about all of your famous cardboard. That's stacking up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I've been doing these Kickstarter postmortem episodes. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up with the next one. Uh, I can't remember if it's the third or the fourth one, but I'm going to finish it off. So join me as I run through the remaining games on my list. Uh, there are a bunch at the end of the list, obviously, that haven't showed up yet. So I don't have strong opinions about. So we're going to kind of go up to that point and then stop where the games have stopped showing up. But um, <laughs> these are fun. And i it's funny. I thought it would just be kind of filler. You know, I'm, I'm admitting it now. I thought it would just be kind of filler. But it, it honestly has been an interesting way to think about why we buy things, like what triggers us to buy them, what causes us to enjoy or regret a purchase when we get rid of it why we get rid of it like all those things that we've been talking about in recent months sure. kind of come out in this conversation so uh, it's been fun to do
0: yeah no it's great i know i, I got a recent uh, notification that dark tomb it's this little really tiny little mini game it's kind of a dungeon crawl but it uses like one d20 and a bunch of cubes and mm-hmm. they're like you're getting it and i'm like i'm so happy <laughs> <laughs> just like I'm like I'm getting this little tiny game, which is kind of it's a co-op game, but obviously it's more like a solo game, so you can carry something around with you. And I usually don't back these small games because the big games are, have so much to offer. But it seemed like a really cute game, and it's again first time designer, and a lot of heart and effort was put into it, and I was just really excited. So I'm glad, you know, every once in a while you're like, uh, will I get this game? You're never really sure, but. I guess on that point, uh, my last Patreon episode, again, is Kicking the Habit. So I talked about another dozen games. Some are pretty huge and amazing, and some are a little bit sus. So, yeah. <laughs> and I'll be I'll be talking about one of those in our acquisition disorders. It's the one that really popped for me this week. So oh, cool. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, thanks, everybody, for reaching out and telling me that you're enjoying the episodes and sending me suggestions as far as what to cover for the next episode. All right, Anthony, that's everything that's happening with us for the moment. Uh, What's happening with our friends out there? What's our question of the week?
1: All right, question of the week this week. I asked everybody, what is a game that would actually benefit from legacy campaign treatment that hasn't gotten it yet? So we've seen a lot of games go through the legacy campaign uh, transformation, and some of them it works, many of them it does not. So my question was, what hasn't gotten it, but would actually benefit from it? Um, got a lot of good answers here. Uh, Matthew on the Patreon says would like to see a game in the Star Wars universe would be a lot of fun, but no Clone Wars legacy style. Something like Journeys in Middle Earth or Descent Two, um, that would be a lot of fun. So Journeys in Middle Earth, I still think is the best of the bunch up there with Mansions of Madness for like campaign type stuff mm-hmm. uh, at a fantasy flight. I and Imperial Assault, the way that they, they did the apps, it just it wasn't. It wasn't very engaging. So I would love to see them go back to Star Wars and do something like that. So, Good answer there. Nice. Uh, uh, Drew mentions campaign sniper elite modular board system like Imperial Assault with a campaign of scenarios. So three sniper crew total, each with a different specialties for all 12 progressively harder missions. Uh, One sniper chooses chosen permission. A successful sniper gains benefits while a defeated sniper is lost. Loot gained in missions can be carried over if successful. Several of these campaigns can be created within the World War II theme. So Drew has thought about this a lot. Nice. (laughs) Uh, Don't know the game very well, but I know of people who like it really, really like it. So that the. Interested to see, you know. Any feedback on games like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Charlie very simply says, I would love to see the Fenris treatment for underwater cities. Ooh. Yeah. Underwater cities. Campaign could be cool because it's a game in which you're building something up over the like a period of time. Yes, Um, same same with like terraforming Mars, and they talked about terraforming Mars a long time ago that they were building a legacy version, and it seems like maybe that fell apart because we haven't heard anything about it in forever. Yeah, who knows. (laughs) <laughs> um hey how about a second prelude how about that <laughs> yeah exactly we need money and we don't know what we're doing <laughs> so, um over in the discord we had a, a little conversation going on with heart of an artichoke and control shift home mentioned spirit island so we already have the adversaries events and an in-game upgrade system uh always been surprised they haven't found a way to link into a legacy experience Um and then control shift home mentions that would also help if the spirits grew along a more defined path Mm. Uh, mentions the biggest issue with spirit Island kind of is that there's too many cards similar to wingspan or terraforming Mars. Like with all the expansions, you just have too many cards. Yeah. So something more targeted and focused that gives like an RPG style upgrade path would be better. So you're not drawing cards that are not helpful for the spirit that you're playing as.
0: Yes. Especially if you're playing solo and then you have like cards, like helps another spirit. You're like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: they're not here. <laughs> it's not going to help
0: me, but okay. <laughs> yeah. like, it's not, not a good starting hand, just saying.
1: Yeah, they got to figure out a way to clean those cards up. Like, mark them, number them, something. Like, I'm playing one person. Like, all right, we'll remove every card from, like, 13 through 126. <laughs> like, they're yeah, not useful.
0: Any game that has, like, a deck that's... A, any game that has, like, a deck, let's be honest. But, like, decks that are so essential to the gameplay, not like, oh, you get, you get a bonus of this or that. Like Agricola, like Spirit Island, is if you don't know the deck intimately, you, you're you're gonna have a bad time. Like you're gonna have you're gonna have a, ch- a challenge, not challenge, right? Like some spirits work better together, and some just don't. But you would have right. to know the deck, to know that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it, it's tough. And like Spirit island's one of those games. Like I love it; it's one of my favorite games. But at this point, there's almost too much stuff. In there the is box. too much stuff. Yeah, and there's more stuff coming. I, in the next year and i i backed that but at this point i'm like i don't know if i really want it because playing with what i have i feel like it's it's kind of bursting at the seams already
0: yeah it's a, the, a bit of the completionist but i think that like for clinic it would be great if oh, yeah greater than games would release a companion book that just like dug into the details and the data and the metrics and things like that so that like when you want to play you go through the book and you're just like you look at like some charts or some things and you're like This, 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 and this. This works with this. This is the best scenario for that. Because it's a big investment. The game does take a lot of time to set up and break down. And it would be nice to know, like, what game experiences work, you know, good for certain groups or certain situations. Because sometimes it's just like, uh, England versus this spirit and that spirit and this size board? Is this going to be good? I don't know. (laughs)
1: Like, we'll
0: find out. (laughs) So it'd be good if they could put together all of the data that they've obviously had from the playtesters and just make it something where like you could decide what kind of game experience you wanted to have again love the diversity but at some point it does become cho- chokes you a little bit yeah definitely all right so that's everything that's happening with everyone out there for All of you out there, again, thanks so much for responding to our Discord channel and for all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, BoardGamersAnonymous.com. There's a lot of places to get back to us. We'd love to hear from you. The questions a week are every week, questions a day. I mean, there's just so many questions that we have for you. Thank you again so much for responding. It means a lot to us. And thank you again. We've been getting reviews on a lot of different platforms. That helps us a lot, get the word out there and raise our profile a little bit. So again, thanks so much. All right, Anthony, that's everything that's happening to my friends out there. Let's get on to the games that we want to get to the table. Let's talk about our acquisition disorders.
1: All right. So it's only been a few months, but we already have the first expansion for War of the Ring, the card game announced. Is it a Prelude expansion? Nope. <laughs> Prelude three? The Revenge. Prelude three. <laughs> the Revenge, ending, yes. Uh, no, it's uh, Against the Shadow, a solo cooperative expansion. Oh. So. Yeah, this expansion, most of the expansion is a shadow bot faction that will run the shadow for you uh-huh. while you get to play as the Fellowship um, and the Free Peoples. So it allows for solo play where you play against the shadow or you could play cooperatively um, on a team against the shadow. Uh, probably the normal way that you would play the game with the two decks um, sure. representing the Free Peoples. Uh, the expansion comes with 60 Shadowbot faction cards, six location cards, and 27 path cards. So presumably the path cards are just all replaced in the expansion. Oh there is a flowchart, though. It's a flowchart solo experience. Now, I don't think they've shown pictures yet of what that flowchart looks like. Um, there's like a little bit of a card yes. cut off a little in one of the images. So you can kind of see some of the directions it doesn't look that complex it doesn't look like a gmt flow chart sure. but i know some people are just anti-flow chart in solo play so <laughs> it's true if you're anti-flow chart that's what this is but if you think about it every automa system is really a flow chart at the end of the day it's just a matter of how many pieces they remove from that system it's true um i have no problem with this i love this game uh i would love to play it more I feel like it's it's a little difficult to get to the table like with my family and it does not play solo in any form as is. Like you just can't do it because it's a competitive game head to head. So I, I love the idea of turning that into a cooperative game. Now, will it replace like Lord of the Rings LCG for me?
0: That's what I was wondering.
1: As a solo experience? I, I don't think so, because they're not adding new content to the game. They're just adding a new way to play with the content you already have. Sure. Um but I will get it, and I will play it, and I will probably enjoy it. So I, I'm looking forward to this a lot. I, I wish this was the second expansion, not the first, but I, I do want to see other expansions. Kind of give us, you know, like we had that Fellowship version for the first one. It'd be nice to sure. have like Two Towers version, Turn of the King version. Um, but this is cool. Like anything that turns a game that I love into a solo experience that I can play at home, I'm all for.
0: Yeah, I think we just talked about this about what games should be mm-hmm. campaign games. Right. And like you mentioned, like this clearly, easily on some level could be expanded upon with the other movies, right? It's just the cards are in there; most of the cards are there, yeah. so you just have to tweak it. Maybe throw a couple of more cards in the box, and then you have you have a campaign for all three movies.
1: Yeah, and like War of the Ring is a big epic game that covers all the whole trilogy, and they still they had content for three expansions, so. Mm-hmm. There's there's content there. You could add stuff. And there's not a problem. Still still adding expansions. (laughs) Well, geez. Maybe. If that if that last one ever comes out, it's it's been rumored for years. Um but yeah, this this is such a good game. So like new ways to play it, very cool.
0: I've I think I talked about this way in the past. Like there was a moment where I was about to spend hundreds of dollars trying to capture all that LCG stuff, and it's still a fantastic game, but if they could somehow boost this up a bit, I would just be so happy because I would, you know, War of the Ring, the board game, is very hard to get to the table. But the card game, if it did have, like, now it's going to have a co-op mode, it's going to have a solo mode. If they could just add a little bit more to the gameplay there where it could be just a full-fledged, it does everything. And again, the system is great. And it's surprising because you think, like, oh, I don't really know Lord of the Rings. I'm not really into those kind of, like, attack kind of card games but it's so fairly simple to get into there's not a lot of keywords there's two areas that basically you're you're competing against that's it i mean it's marvel snap in some ways you know it's it's a lot of the games that we've seen out, out there before so it's easily accessible which is great
1: yeah 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 no, it it looks fun uh I'm, I'm excited for this i honestly thought it was a joke at first because i'm like oh really already okay but no they must have been thinking about this from day one
0: gotcha Alright, so the I did a dozen Kickstarters on the Patreon account, and people have asked what was the top takeaway from the Kickstarters, and it was this game. It was Terrascape, the immersive horror board game for two to four players. It's a one versus many hidden movement board game with classic movie <laughs> horror vibes. Uh, escape for your life or enjoy your hunt as the killer. So first off, I am not a horror movie fan. I have seen almost all the horror movies because, I don't know, I grew up in the 80s and that's what you did. Like, that was like, hey, you can't see the naked movies, but you could see the horror movies, kids. And you're like, really? That seems like problematic. But we did. (laughs) So I know all the tropes. I've seen all the movies. And there honestly aren't enough horror board games out there. So usually when we do a list for Halloween, we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel to get anything out there that would be kind of spooky. So usually the stuff is kind of abstracted or it's Cthulhu-based. And again, cosmic horror is my favorite kind of horror. But when I stumbled across this on Kickstarter, this kind of drew my attention for a couple of things. First off, one versus many. We don't see that mechanic enough in board games. And I really enjoy that, especially since typically nine times out of 10, when you bring a board game to board game night, you will know the board game because you have to study in order to play it. The other people, not so much. So the idea that you could be the one because you know the game and they could be the many so they can work out the problems and situations and things like that. I love that idea. There's not enough games, one versus many. Please produce more games like that. Second is the setup for the game is really cool. Like the physical presentation of it is great because you have this huge game board that's split in half by this player screen which is this haunted house it's three-dimensional cardboard and it has places on top of the roof for all the different health tokens the keys and everything else in the game and then the screen itself again 3d representation of this horror scary kind of place has a dice tower in it so you're able to actually drop the dice in the dice tower and see the results and so can the other person the rest of the game is really just beautifully designed. The graphic design, the artwork is really good. And it's primarily about you as, again, if you're the killer, then with the base box here, uh, there is your classic kind of slasher here. So you're you're looking at your uh, The Butcher, right? I don't want, you know, legally distinct kind of stuff like that. But think um, Chainsaw Massacre because that's what you're dealing with here. And then there's a Spectre, which is kind of a Banshee situation. And then there's a murderer, which, again, is like your slasher uh, thing, Scream, like the movie Scream. So they play slightly differently. They have different special abilities that will mess with with the, uh, the heroes. The people are trying to escape this haunted mansion. And each of your heroes also has special abilities that allow them to do different things. So it's like betrayal, you know, Haunted Hill kind of house. And... Instead of like one character just kind of being taken over and doing a thing or some particular scenario, each of your characters are searching to find the keys to get out or build a radio to call for help. And then as they're moving through, they're causing sound to be produced. And then the bad guy is listening for the sound and moving their monster to attack the people that might possibly be in that room. So it has a lot of different dynamics. It's got that kind of like dead of winter situation. Where you're collecting resources, you're searching particular areas, and some characters are better at fighting, some characters are better at searching and puzzles and things like that. So, this is a pretty cool campaign. I was really taken back. Again, like I said, I'm not a horror person, I'm not a hidden movement person, but this game seems like it has a lot of stuff to it that was really interesting here. There's also a lot of expansions for this as well. This is where the this is actually where it runs into a problem for me. Uh, Expansion one, you have werewolves, you have what they call the huntress kind of scary people. Uh, then you have your monsters. So you have like a thing, you have like a giant flower, I guess, creature kind of like stranger things. And then you have this other expansion, which is these giant horror statues come to life. And it has a lot of upgrades. It has a lot of really nice production upgrades for the game itself. So the game itself is, if you could pick up a game, if you if you back this, it's about $75 US on the Kickstarter campaign, plus, sh- of course, shipping. But if you do want everything, and it, it's one of those campaigns that did have an early bird, uh, which always bugs me because we don't always know or be able to produce in a timely manner. You're talking about, I mean, $139 for everything. But again, if you do want the deluxe stuff, and typically you do when you purchase a game like this because the miniatures and all the different character models and everything else here really upgrades the game. You're talking about 249 which, again, it comes in a great big box. It's awesome. You have mats. You have everything else. But it, it becomes quickly very expensive and problematic. Um, unfortunately, by the time you look at this campaign or by the time we produce this podcast, this campaign will come to an end but i think the game looks that good it has a lot of reviews a lot of previews and it has a lot of you know pictures and things like so you could take a look at it when this hits retail i would definitely take a look at it i'm i actually it's got 36 hours of time of recording which is on friday i might still back this at the base level cuz i don't know if i necessarily need everything and the base price is pretty cool but the retail price when this comes out or if they continue to do like a Late Pledge, I think it's something you should take a look at.
1: Terrascape, the immersive horror board game. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, d- d- definitely not for me, but for people who like horror stuff, this, look, this looks pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Like I said, there's some elements, like the one versus many, the hidden movement, the the production, um, like those different elements. Pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like very unique, not just dudes on a map.
0: Yeah. And it's got a lot, like I said, it's got a lot of content towards the bottom of people who played and reviewed it and stuff like that, so... Um, I feel fairly confident that this is actually be a, a pretty good game. All right, so that's everything that we want to hit the table. Let's talk about the games that did hit the table. And let's talk about our at the table. And we'll let you know if those games are buy and you should out right and pick those games up. If those games are a play and you should sit down and play them. If those games are a dodge and you should avoid them. Or if those games are in fact the dreaded burn and don't bother playing that, just go play a Link game. Just say it. Just say it. Because, you know, Anthony's got a multiple copies. He'll, he'll take care of you.
1: Yeah, 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 Zelda all day. <laughs> uh, so uh, I got in a copy of Between Two Cities Essential Edition. Uh Stonemaier Games sent us a review copy of this. So this is a game that we reviewed. We didn't even review it so much as preview it. We like, previewed way, it way, way, before,
0: before production.
1: Way, yeah, like we had a pre-production version, like in, in plastic baggies uh-huh. um, back in 2014, I think. Wow. So... It's And I loved it. It's a game that I enjoyed right off the bat. Um, and, and the reason why I always enjoy this game is because it plays up to seven people very seamlessly. It's very simple, right? It's in that bucket for me with Seven Wonders of a game that's very flexible on player count, does not take too long, and you can teach relatively easily. Like, I've taught this in my classroom, and they've been able to play it in half an hour. Um, and all the game is is you are drafting these tiles and then you will choose to place one in the city to your left and one in the city to your right. And each city you are building with the person on that side of you, right? So you're still trying to win. And the way you win is by having the highest score of the lowest scoring city next to you. So you can't just focus on one and make it good and and dump on the other one. They need to be balanced between you. Um, So there's like a social element to it too, like how people kind of decide where to place things. The game itself was always very simple, though. It's got basic city-building rules where you have several different types of buildings that represent different types of elements in a city. So you have like the commercial buildings and the the restaurants, the the industrial, um, the residences, and the parks. And then they each score in some way, right? So the you're building a four by four grid at the end, and ultimately you're trying to maximize your points from that four by four grid. So however you do the factories and the shops, they're going to score differently. And that's basically it. The game takes like a half an hour, right? Um, they release an expansion a couple of years later called Capitals, which made that very simple game a bit more complex. So it was one of those expansions. Um, it adds about, I'd say, 10 to 15 minutes to the gameplay. It does complicate the scoring a little bit. Um, I would, I would say it's not as complicated as between two... Castles of Mad King Ludwig, which is even more complex beyond this, which kind of uses this base formula. Um, But it's in the middle. And it added landscape mats. So you have like natural phenomenon on your board. So you build a five by five now, but part of that five by five is cut off by like rivers and lakes and mountains. Um, You have district cards, civic building tiles that go into the main pile of civic buildings, and then new pairs of city tokens. So those civic building tiles and, like, the new way that it kind of manages, like, impacts the scoring, along with, like, working around the landscape mats, really changed the gameplay a lot. It made it more thinky, made it take a little bit longer. Um, And for, like, a gaming group, this is one of those expansions I don't always use. But if I'm playing it, like, with my gaming group, I will throw these in there because they can handle it. But if I'm playing it with my family, I do not, right? Uh, Or with my classroom. So the Essential Edition of the game just has all this stuff in the box, which is nice for a couple of reasons. One, it integrates it all into the same rulebook and the same gameplay, right? So it's not even really treated as an expansion anymore. It's just this is how you play the game is with the Capitals stuff. And then if you want to play the original version without that, it's the beginner variant in the rulebook. Um, It also gives you a bigger box. The original box for this game is very small, and with the expansion, it does not fit like you you have to rubber band the box there's just too much stuff in there um so that was nice as well there really aren't a lot of other changes though right there's a handful of small rule changes right um the districts themselves are variants you don't have to use them with the civic tiles uh so like not all the capital rules are fully integrated there's a couple scoring changes um, they changed the reference card around a little bit. There's a new two player variant, which I haven't actually used yet. Cause I don't play this game 2 player. I, I don't think I've ever played this game two players. Um, but it changes things a little. The original two player variant was like a weird kind of wonky draft system. This one's a little more natural. Um, but that's it, right? That's basically it. It's base game plus capitals in the same box, a few tweaks to graphic design, a much nicer cover. I like the cover a lot. Um, and the box is bigger. So it, it's if you have the base game of this and the expansion, you don't need the essential edition. There's no reason to pick that up. Um, but if you don't have the game at all, or if you just have the base game and never got the expansion and haven't been able to find a copy, uh, then this is absolutely worth checking out, right? This is one of those tile-laying games that... You know, there's, there's a few different levels of tile-laying games. You have, like the very simple, basic kind of gateway game versions like Carcassonne um, that anybody can play. You have the much more complex, like polyomino style games, like Small City is a game that I'm trying to get through right now. I'll hopefully review next week. That's a complex game, right? This is designed, I don't want to call it a party game, but it almost kind of fits that model where it's 20 to 30 minutes long. It's not too long. It's easy to teach. And everybody's interacting with at least two other people throughout the game, no matter what, because of the drafting and the the combined building. I always love that mechanic. And it really works as like an icebreaker game or a cool down, like break between game. Um, So I almost always have this in my bag when I went to game groups. So uh, it's, it was a buy then it's a buy now it's still highly recommended. Um, They haven't made it worse. So it's, it's still a very good game. Um, And it is one of my favorites. So, I'm excited that they made all the stuff accessible. They kind of streamlined it. They made it easy to get all together. I guess I wish they'd thrown in a couple new things just to have new things, but I don't know that you want to layer any more on top of this game at this point because it kind of runs almost into that issue of, okay, we have a simple game. We've made it a little more complex, but if you push it in even a little bit more, it might break, right? Like the system is not designed to be that complex, so... I think they found that line. And like between two castles, I didn't really love that because I think they did push it too far. And I think it did break a little bit. And the scoring ended up being such a headache in that game. So um, yeah, between two cities, essential edition, can pick that up from Stonemaier. Um, Great game. It's uh, still a favorite. Matthew O'Malley and Ben Rossett, uh, one of their better designs.
0: Excellent. That's great to see. And I think one of the biggest problems I remember when we originally... Reviewed this, and then when the, the production copy came out, was the artwork. And usually, look, I, I get that I love artwork, and I get that that's sometimes more of a thing for me than it is other people. But I, it was hard to look at for me. It just, it was, it was beyond bland. It was like actually weirdly problematic. It was just like a block of color, a block of color, a block of color. Like weirdly, I don't know. Just it was a weird perspective for the game. And then this just did a, a... This looks great. I mean, the artwork looks great. The buildings look nice. The graphic design is a lot cleaner and sharper. And having that backboard where you can kind of place everything out, um, like the map area, I think is great. Because, again, it, it it just... On the table, it was such a weird abstraction of, like, oddly kind of... Sh- you know, at the end of the game, you're like, what, what is this? Like, I don't it doesn't invoke that kind of immersion to like, I'm actually building up this area. It's just like six tiles this way, three tiles that way. You're like, all right. But like this actually brings it together a lot more for me. So yeah, I don't own this, but I might actually pick this one up because uh, yeah, it's a good game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, they didn't really tweak much with the the tiles themselves. I don't even know if they really changed them much. Um, Maybe just some like touch ups, but Overall, like the rule book, the, the cover of the box, the overall production and presentation, I think, is much nicer. And this was an early, early Stonemeyer game. This was the first Stegmeyer release from them. Yeah. So it's always good to see them go back to the drawing board just to make a better product, even if the game's not changing. So like, here's a better version of this product. So. Yeah,
0: I think there's, I mean, for their, their, you know, the Tuscany kind of, there was an essential addition because there was elements and components to the game that really needed to be there to be a complete game. I think the artwork and the graphic design and the boards and stuff like that in order to really invoke and give you a kind of immersive experience. I think there's a, that's, what's essential about this. Like you said, it doesn't change the game in any kind of meaningful way, but maybe they, maybe they kind of acknowledge like this, it it deserved better as far as that's concerned. So excellent. All right, so that's everything that's hitting our table this week, Anthony. It's up to you, my friend. Save us. Our feature review is the BG Hotness for May 2023. Look into the magic ball, Anthony, and tell us what does all the cardboard mean.
1: <laughs> all right. Yep. Here's where I uh, either look really smart or make a fool of myself. Usually a bit of both. So. I'm going to run through the top 50. We're going to talk about the games that are new or interesting on the list. Not every game on the list is new or interesting. Some are there every month. Some of them have been there for years. So we will skip past those. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about why they're there. So at number 49, we have a game that, Chris, you just reviewed. Star Wars, the deck-building game. Yay! So it's It's been in the hotness for a little bit now since it came out. It is probably about to fall off the list as we get no. into summer no. release season. But maybe they'll announce an expansion. Huh? a prelude expansion <laughs> all expansions should be prelude expansion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be the new category it's just prelude is it a prelude expansion just just tell me it's a prelude yeah, expansion yeah.
1: It, it's, it's either that or a fifth player so it's either a buy or a burn you just let me know <laughs> to be fair if they do the prequels it could be a prelude expansion
0: which uh, yeah, is, yeah yeah, yeah so oh, I did oh, that. Just, prelude. by default it would have to
1: be yeah i know uh, all right, so that's that's number 49. Uh, 47 is Distilled, another game you just reviewed recently. Dude, so. I
0: am I am burning up the chart for these publishers out there. I know.
1: Yeah. <sighs> well, we know why they're on the list, Because I am making games hot.
0: They're burning in my hands. That's all I'm saying. It's not good because it's cardboard-based, <laughs>
1: but yes. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, Distilled there, it's a game I really, really want to play. I, it looks really interesting. So mm-hmm. I, your, your review made me much more interested to try this out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Forty-five, Blood on the Clock Tower. This is recently won a couple of awards, and it, you know, everybody's getting it into their hands anyway. So I think it's just been hot Mm -hmm. of late. Um, next up on the list, number forty-four, we have Applejack from Mm -hmm. Uwe Rosenberg. Um, this I believe maybe just got a board game arena implementation. It did,
0: and I think that's why it's it's been on their main page for a a bit. So I think that's why it's blowing up.
1: Mm -hmm. This game came out at Essen, so it's been out for a little while. Um, and I don't know that it was like mind-blowing as no. a Rosenberg game, but you know, Board Game Arena will do that for you. It will. Uh, Carnegie at 43. This, uh, just recently won a Golden Geek we talked about last week. Um, War of the Ring, the card game at 41. We just talked about the expansion recently announced. So that's probably why that's up on the list as well.
0: Is it a prelude expansion?
1: It's not. Oh, come on. We just talked about this. We Have want it. it to be like a Hobbit, the card game. We well, that the, would be a Prelude expansion. There you go. It would be, yeah. I it used to be Battle of the Five Armies, the card game. Yeah, that also too. Fun.
0: Ooh, exciting.
1: Yeah. Uh, Arc Nova Marine Worlds, the pre-order for this, went up at Capstone last week, um, which I believe they launched on the same day as a sale, and their website crashed. So, Ooh. That was fun. I was like, <laughs> I got to pre-order that. Website crashed. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll come and back
0: tomorrow. Arc Nova is also on beta on a, a Board Game Arena.
1: Oh, yeah, I did see that. So, lots of buzz there. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the great games of last year, for sure. Uh, Flamecraft at number 38, also in all the awards discussions. Yep. Also, presumably, a very great game, not one we have had a chance to play yet. Nope, we, we tried. Will, we will let you all know yeah, we did. someday what we think. <laughs> uh, Disrupt is a game currently on Kickstarter uh, mm-hmm. from Triple Meeple about being a startup in Silicon Valley which I feel is a theme I would have been a lot more interested in like 10 years ago. Yes. These days I'm just like gross. I don't know. (laughs) I find (laughs) it gross. Maybe because I've worked with startups in Silicon Valley, maybe just because Silicon Valley's a problem for a lot of reasons, but
0: they've gross. They've done a lot of social media and previews and reviews. So they, they've, they've utilized it a a lot to get their game out there. But yeah, I think it's a, weirdly oddly kind of passe it it should probably be ai board games now right social media was the thing
1: and now it's now it's ai (laughs) yeah yeah so it's on kickstarter so if you're interested you know go check it out but it's Mm -hmm. not something we're covering um hadara at 33 this is a bit of an older game but it was a fun one and again board game arena kind of game arena Mm -hmm. so
0: i don't want to say anything but we we you know we kind of made board game arena hot just just saying Remember? We, yeah, we
1: were Remember. there, man. Remember we
0: were Twitch? there. We were there. We were there back in the day, <laughs> back in the day. Yes.
1: Uh, so yeah, check that one out though. Like I, that's an underrated gem that kind of flew under the radar because it came out right before the pandemic started, mm, like December sure. of 2019, and I think a lot of people missed it.
0: Very good game. Yeah. It had a, it had a weird uh like box cover. It had like a weird kind of like look to it. I think that also kind of threw things off a little bit. So
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, that original cover is ugly. Yeah. It's still, it's still what they show. There's a prettier cover out there.
0: I, I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: Um. Next up, we have. We're gonna skip a few because they're they're classics. Lost Ruins, Cascadia, Gloomhaven, Root, Arkham Horror the card game. They're there every month. You don't need to tell us. We nope. don't need to tell you why. But at number twenty-seven, we have Six Siege the board game. This is. I'm not gonna say funny because a lot of people are losing a lot of money. It's not a funny story. No. It's just one of those stories, a Kickstarter yes. story, right? Mythic Games could not afford to produce the game properly, and they're asking everybody to basically pay double. Not cool. To, <laughs> Sorry. Because they came out and they said, oh, we, we're asking people to pay a little extra money so we can get this game out. And people are like, okay, sure. And then when they sent out those invoices, they were almost double what they originally paid. And people yep. were like, uh, no. <laughs> so... It now has a 2.3 rating on Board Game Geek and has been in the hotness for a few weeks because of this. So, I think if you want to see a masterclass on how to ruin your brand, um, check out Mythic Games.
0: It's not like they're releasing another Kickstarter before finishing the other one, right? Because yeah, right. they are. They are. They're actually doing that. I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. They actually are
1: doing that right now. So yeah, yeah uh, people, well, hopefully it fails for the sake of the <laughs> hobby. I don't know. Be careful, people. Um, yeah, I don't wish failure on anybody, but it's just like, if, yeah, okay. Uh, number 26 is Revive. This one is a SN release from last year. It shipped out a month or two ago. I, I have a copy. I pre-ordered this. I have not gotten a chance to play it yet. Very excited about it. It's just haven't been able to, to wrap my brain around it just yet. But um, this is the new one from the team behind Santa Maria and uh, The Magnificent. Both great games. And it just looks very pretty. So um, I know it was a nominee for Golden Geek, uh, as well as the Gold- Goblin Magnifico. So it's it's got some buzz around it for sure. Uh, number twenty five, Monster Hunter World, the board game. I believe there's an expansion that is up on Kickstarter for this now. So or or Game Found, one of the two. <laughs> so people, it's are, out there. Yeah, it's it's stuff's happening around that game. It's miniatures on a board. You know what you're doing. Uh, Beast. This is a cooperative game about hunting ancient beasts. Uh, so it's Monster Hunter, but a different theme, maybe? <laughs> I don't...
0: It's just what we just talked about. It's
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know why, we... <laughs> why is this the hot theme right now. Um, then moving up, we have Into the God's Grave. This is a new one at number 20 on the list, uh, coming from Lucky Duck Games. So this is a bunch of mercenaries get involved in a plot of dead gods and mysterious triarchy. Ooh. So uh, we have a, a new Kickstarter coming for this one. It's a 2024 release. Lucky Duck Games does good stuff. Yeah. Big sprawling campaign style cooperative games. Uh, I'm interested to see what that turns into. Very true. Number 19, Terraforming Mars Prelude 2. The re preluding <laughs> uh, Number 18, Endeavor Deep Sea. This is the slavery free version of endeavor <laughs> that they refuse to admit is why that exists so it, it's it's coming this on, <laughs> on it's on game G- found right now uh, it's currently funding it's making plenty of money it's gonna come out um sure I like it I like the gameplay of endeavor I've been yeah. looking at this I, it's more like kind of how they've responded to questions about that that I've been like kind of questionable on but
0: they didn't need to do that like we all we all have we all have thing like it it, it they, just own up to it and move on. We're all cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I know it's yeah. Everybody's afraid of all oh, the anti woke brigade. Um, number sixteen, Arcana Rising. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a game that just hopped into the uh, the list here. This is from twenty twenty one, and it's one of those games that when I look at it, sometimes I, I don't always know why a game is on the list. So
0: yeah, we pre- we pre- I think I previewed this a long time ago. And it's it's out. I mean, it was a Kickstarter way back in the day. And yeah. it was a little bit different as, as far as like the looks of it. So um, yeah, maybe it's getting back out to people right now. So, But it's, it's weird.
1: Yeah, yeah. Usually there's like some big review or the game's on a big sale. So it's yes. possible it's on a big sale and we missed it. I'm not sure. But um, it is on the list now. So if you want to check that one out, it's from Gray Fox Games. Mm-hmm. Um, it is up there uh the next couple games are again games chris reviewed recently so you can check out our reviews hegemony at 15 and darwin sherney at 14
0: at- i'm blowing up here i i might I, I don't want to announce it yet but i might have to start my own podcast uh, what? <laughs>
1: i've
0: become too big i'm too big for this podcast now i'm sorry okay. Just, All right.
1: gotta-
0: i gotta do a solo project like you did that time where you went solo because you you blew up at that time but, um, then, but then you got involved and in, like you know, miniature painting and like you know, crashed you and
1: stuff, and you had to come back. You know, but <laughs> I'm trying to find the Beatles analogy here—it's in there oh, yeah. somewhere. It's in there. <laughs> um no, Number thirteen go. is the isafarian Guard. Mm-hmm. So this is uh this is a game was on Kickstarter. It is a bunch of dudes in a box, uh, but one to two players and campaign driven, and uh, people are really loving it. So. It's a MOBA.
0: It's a MOBA. People.
1: Yep, I. Again, I will not mock because I have not played, and I'm sure it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Guards of Atlantis 2 at number 12. This Uh is a card-driven team versus team battle arena game. So this is on, uh, I believe, it's on GameFound. Yes. I have to check now. I used to just say Kickstarter for everything, but there's like three different places it could be. It's on GameFound.
0: Yeah, that's the MOBA. That's the MOBA.
1: This is Mm -hmm. the MOBA. (laughs) All right. So MOBA fans, check out Guards of Atlantis 2. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Dead Cells, the roguelite board game, is at number 10. Mm-hmm. This is a game I was actually interested in and then was kind of turned off. It's on Kickstarter now mm-hmm. because it looks pretty light and it's very expensive. So yeah. I, kinda- I like the video game. I love it. And it's got a uh, Mal Blanc and Bowser working on it in a team. And roguelite board game sounds like a cool idea, but it's 40 minutes long There's just one miniature in there, and I'm I'm not really sure what they're charging for here other than the IP, so I might pass on this.
0: Yeah, I covered this on Kickin' the Habit. Like you said, it's that weirdly, like, it's, the artwork is amazing. The graphic design is, um, the graphic design is even better than the artwork, and it is that one giant miniature. And then I think it's a first player token that's metal for some reason. Like, I think at some point they were like, we don't know what to do with this. Just like, let's add on random things to make the game more expensive, which is... Weird, but yes, it is a little bit on the light side for the price.
1: Yeah, and I don't have a problem with light games. I just I'm getting tired of this trend of light games on Kickstarter where they lit. They're in a boardroom brainstorming like, what can we put in the box to justify a higher price? Yeah, and I just I, make I, it cheaper. Just make it cheaper, and I won't get mad at you.
0: <laughs> well, I, I th- look. You and I have backed a lot of these games that are just gorgeous, and the miniatures and and the gameplay is is promising. I don't think when we we talk about light. It's not a it's not a criticism. I love no. light games. Light games are great. They have their place. They're fun. I own a ton of them. It's just a matter of as far as light on content and yes. interesting decisions. I mean you're I mean, by the very nature of this roguelite system, you basically are running the same dungeon over and over until you beat it. Yeah. So as far as interesting decisions are concerned, it's a little bit light. Again, not necessarily a problem, but it is a problem. It's on a Kickstarter game found, and it has additional costs and prices to it, which just makes it hard. So Yeah. yeah. yeah
1: we, we've both spent hundreds of dollars on Marvel United. We don't mind paying a lot of money for a light game if the content's there. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, number nine, Frosthaven. Duh. Cool. What? <laughs> I never heard of it. What? What? I know. I'm not surprised this isn't in, like, in the top 10 on BGG yet. It's still, it's not even in the top 100 yet. So I don't know what's going on. But.
0: I think the box crushed a lot of people. Like they try to like. Oh
1: my gosh, they killed their own fans. They
0: killed their own fans. I mean at oh, Gloomhaven, they have forced it. Because you, you try to put both of those on the shelf, man, and that's going to bring down any shelf. I don't care, yeah, Kalex or whatever it is. It's it's taken out I, some. It's on some-
1: my bottom shelf. I know people say it's a top shelf game, but it's too oh,
0: heavy. Oh, I see what you did there. That's fantastic. Yeah. I like that. That was funny.
1: Uh, all right, number eight, Apex Legends, the board game. Because mm-hmm. this is apparently what we do now. Video games, the board game. <laughs> um, it, which, will be, it Again, will... it can work. Dwarf Romantic last week, a buy. I'm just, it does work sometimes. <laughs> it does.
0: There's a couple on here, like you said, the the Monster Hunters, and yeah, there's a lot. Of
1: yeah, so this is Apex Legends, which is uh, like a, what is that, like a team battler? Or a, what is the genre of this type of game? It, Destiny it's a... style? <laughs> Is it a, is it a, is it like a?
0: I think uh, it's like a tactic skirmish kind of, you know, game as far as like Battle Royale. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things.
1: Okay. I mean, it always looked cool. And like the, the video game developer that makes this, they do a lot of great work. But oh, this, I've never played it.
0: This became like huge, right? This, this blew out Fortnite and everything else out that was out there at the time. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's it's one of the few competitors, like actual competitors for Fortnite. So mm-hmm. this is the board game of that. Sure. Uh, team versus team miniature board game. Yeah. But I don't know if that's any good. It's all all on right. Kickstarter now, though, if you want to find out.
0: I would love, I mean, we'll never see the numbers. We talked about this previously with, you know, so many games out there with the video. Like, what's, you love a video game so much, does the board game pull you to play that?
1: Yeah when you
0: can play the video game i don't know like it's yeah. very it's very closely aligned so
1: yeah some of these and it's honestly it depends like if, if it's a video game that feels like a board game it might work like dorf like strategy games sure but if it's like an action video game and you're trying to translate the cardboard it doesn't always work so there's a lot know. of
0: them it's, it's the holy grail right like you have millions of people who have played the game if you can get in a board game version
1: uh, all right so next up we have a trio of hot games that have been hot for a few months now Arc Nova Earth and heat pedal to the metal um, mm-hmm. all three of those very popular right now Arc Nova and earth both on board game arena heat uh, it's just been the hottest game in the world for the last three months and I think the new printing is coming soon so it's yeah. been out of print now for a couple months people are trying to find it and you should be able to find it soon
0: and it won awards. And it's got heat in the title, so that's why it's on the hotness,
1: right? Oh, yeah. That it will happy. never leave the hotness. It can't. <laughs> it's literally the hottest game because... Yeah. yeah. Uh, Aeon Trespass Odyssey. We've talked about this a little bit. It was nominated for a bunch of awards. Um, I think four Golden Geeks. Uh-huh. And it's on Kickstarter with the second printing. And it's over $2 million at the moment. So mm-hmm. people are all about it. Mm-hmm. This is, again, not a game really in our wheelhouse, but it looks very cool. This is the kind of game I would have backed, like seven years ago. So <laughs> I just have too many of this type of game now. Yeah. Uh, Books of Time at number three. This is a new game coming from Board and Dice and designer Philip Klawich. Uh It is a d- deck builder, board kind of builder type of thing um, about like you're building a little book. Yeah. Uh, with like some time mechanisms. It's, to it. it's hard to describe, honestly, but it sounds really cool.
0: Yeah. It's it's drafting. It's that collection. Let's, yeah. you know. On a very basic way,
1: yeah. So, uh, Glavich he worked for Borden Dice for a long time. Made Mandala Stones, which I believe we both liked. Yes. Um, founders of Teotihuacan, which I liked more than I thought I would. Although I don't, I didn't love it. It just surprised me that it wasn't bad. So, <laughs> um, I'm excited to see how this one turns out.
0: Yeah. It. It. Again, like sometimes the gimmick really works, and the idea of these books putting them together, like legitimately putting them together with a, like you know like a ring binder situation. Right. And then collecting sets of, you know, symbols in order to run up tracks because Board and Dice is like, they're the track company. And they've been blowing up lately. Like, they're they're getting big.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... And they've really kind of overhauled a little bit. Like, they got into that T-game rut, and I feel like this year they're trying to get out of it.
0: Especially with the design and production, this is definitely stepped yeah, up. It just we talked about Barcelona. Not yeah, a Barcelona
1: and this game, I think, are their two big games for the fall. And yep. I'm excited for both. Um, number two, Star Wars Unlimited.
0: Dude, so dude we talked about this. Dude, this, this is going to be the biggest CCG ever. The biggest.
1: I mean, uh, it might be for six months before they cancel it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Final Fantasy Shade. People were giving me grief last week. They're like, what, why are you so down on Final on <laughs> Fantasy Flight? I'm like, because they aren't good anymore. <laughs> no, and honestly, because they were the best company for like. A I know. While. It's just disappointing. That's they what were the best.
0: Is. Like, we were, we were 100% fantasy flight fanboys like their in-flight report and the ips that they managed they did such a great job it was yeah. it breaks our heart really
1: yeah i would love for this game nothing more for this game to be absolutely amazing but the cost of a ccg combined with their track record i i'm out of it the friends i know who would have been in on this in the past are out on it i don't hopefully they have enough people to kind of get a, a groundswell here but i just don't know i just don't know
0: well, like I said, I think it's interesting because you and I are huge Star Wars fans. Like, mm-hmm. I think you and I, as far as, like, we like a lot of geek stuff, like a tremendous amount of geek stuff. But we talk about Star Wars more than anything. Mm-hmm. And we come from slightly different generations. So we have different perspectives on on the Star Wars stuff. But we've consumed so much of it. We own so much of it. Right. And f- for neither of this is this interesting at all. Like, yeah. the deck building game... I was interested. I was a little skeptical of it. I, I own it now. I reviewed it. I love it. So I don't... I don't yeah. But I'm I not, I have yeah. all the
1: other Star Wars stuff that's come out in the last 15 years. I have Rebellion. I love it. I have everything for Imperial Assault. I love it. Uh, I have hundreds of dollars worth of Destiny stuff because I thought that was an amazing game that they gave up on too soon. They did. Um, But... it's I, I If you this. haven't
0: played a CCG, it really comes down to the organized play. Because otherwise you just own a very expensive collection of cards that never will see the light of day. You have to have the organized play. Yeah. And Magic and Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! and now Flesh and Blood have done exceptional jobs working with the local game stores to make those things happen. Fantasy Flight, as you mentioned, not just in their card games, but also in their miniature games and things like that, have dropped the ball. And again, it's a shame because they should it should be one of the biggest games, right? Star Wars is one of the biggest IPs out there. This yeah. should be a given, right? It should not even be a question of that. But like you said, having purchased everything and been burnt so often, like I, I have so much of that stuff too, Anthony, that, that just never sees the light of day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, we'll see. I don't know. I'm sure we'll play it at Gen Con and be like, that's a good game. I can't. <laughs> or they'll give us some promos. I'm like, oh man, now no, we guess- got to do something with it. Uh, all right. And then number one is The Witcher Old World. This was, uh, I believe, on Game Found last year, early last year, um, the board game version of The Witcher uh, from a bunch of different publishers. Uh, and it is, I believe, shipping out now. So people are, are getting their copies and getting a chance to play The Witcher. As uh, I believe you're not Geralt in this game. I think it's before Geralt becomes The Witcher or is a Witcher because they're you can tell I don't know as much about this IP as, as I should. So um, I I love this world, but I've never really become fully immersed in it. Every time I've engaged with it, I'm like, this is cool. It's like dark, but not too dark. And there's some fun stuff going on. And I just mm-hmm. I've never really got into the video game as much. I never went back to the show. I watched the first season and that was it. Mm. So I didn't back this, but it looks cool. Like it looks like they're doing interesting and unique things with the pile of miniatures and cards on a board thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess we'll wait and see. And hopefully I know somebody with a copy. I can check it out.
0: Yeah. I've watched all the online content. I watched the movies, the, the cartoon anime version of the prequel, which was pretty good. Definitely recommend the, the, the anime version of it. Um, the, the additional seasons are not bad. I guess it's coming back without, um, Chris Hemsworth. So, uh, not Chris Hemsworth. I'm sorry. Who's, who's our guy. Um, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Sorry, big, big, giant guy. One way or the other. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it's all the same. But it's once more, Hems-
1: what's Superman? It's the
0: same. Well, it's Hemsworth brother, right? Who's replacing? Yeah, he's
1: replacing Liam. There you I go, think.
0: Liam. Liam Hemsworth. See, that, that's where my brain went there. So, um, hopefully, it's good. I think they, I think they got every uh, influencer they could to come and, and preview the game at their facility. So. Um, if you're interested, there's a lot, of, a lot, a lot, a lot of content on this to take a look at. Yep. All right. So that's everything that's happening this week. Uh, Anthony, until next time, <laughs> this is Chris. Hey, and this is Anthony. And we hope that you all had a great time. Thank you so much for supporting us. It means a lot. Thanks for all the outreach. And again, hopefully, Lee, you have a great day at the table. Take care, everyone. Bye. See ya.